It's weird because I'm in like two different moods at the moment. I was about to start this episode and be like, let's fucking go. But I forgot we're doing Yankees. So uh, the Knicks are in a good spot. The Yankees, not exactly a great spot. Um, Let's talk Yankees. Let's get into it. Episode 513 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4. I'm your host, RJ. Let's go. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, turning, looking, see ya! Anthony for three, All right, <clears throat> let's do it. So the Yankees, they lose their first series of the season. Um, maybe, maybe what was, maybe this was the seventh or maybe the eighth series of the year. Um, they split one with Minnesota. Yeah, I think this was the eighth. Whatever it was, the Yankees finally lose a series. Um, the whole thing was annoying anyway because I, I say win games. Uh, series don't do you damage in the standings. Individual games do because at the end of the day, winning all these series, they're 13-9. and 13-9 um, in the season. That has them now in fourth place. Not that standings matter too much early on, but every game matters just the same. Um, yeah, fourth place, six games behind Tampa in first place. Uh, Tampa is currently a very fantastic 19-3 and on the year so far. Now, I think it's time, um, I think it's time people give them their respect. <clears throat> uh, especially if you're still, like, if you're one of those naturally pessimistic individuals, Constantly bringing up strength of schedule whenever somebody goes on a run like this. You need to stop. Uh, They're literally doing the best thing you could possibly do on a baseball field regardless of who you play. So you have to pay respect to Tampa Bay. Like they're 19-3. and It's only getting flack because it's such a great record. Like if they were, I don't know, uh... If they were 12 and 6, you know, or, you know, 15 and and 6, whatever that is. If they were like 14 and 6, let's say that. They're 14 and 6 and not 19 and 3. People wouldn't be talking about how weak their schedule is because it wouldn't stand out as much. And and I'm, I'm a Yankees fan saying this, man. And, and I just, I think at this point, listen, I, I think the American League East is, I think it's going to be a dogfight this year. I do. I think between Tampa, Toronto, and Baltimore, the Yankees now have some tough competition to edge out for that division title if they want to retain it. The winner of the AL East, 
very good chance they see less than 95 wins because of how tough this division is going to be. Any of those four teams could take it. I, I, Boston's a, a laughing stock. I don't care about them. I, I still think it'll come down to the Yankees and Jays. Um, and I still have confidence that the Yankees can take it. Definitely less confidence than I did heading into opening day. But I'm no longer shocked at the idea that any of those four teams, Toronto, Tampa, Yankees, Baltimore, can be anywhere from one to four in this division. I would not be shocked. Um, it's just the way it's shaping up, and it's just the way it's it's been trending the last couple of seasons. I'm not just talking about these first 20-something games. You know, Toronto's been on the ups. Toronto's got young, developing talent. Baltimore, the same thing. Tampa, they're always there. They're always hanging around because they got great pitching. Now they're starting to hit bombs, and they're hitting for average, and they're doing a lot of good things in the baseball field. So that's um, something to, to, you know, as as the season progresses, it's something to keep an eye on, that division. Um, anyways, the Yankees lose two out of three to the Toronto Blue Jays at home, and we're going to talk about it. Bad series. Uh, you got some bad offense, some good and bad defense, um, some good starting pitching efforts, just with some bad moments sprinkled in, a couple of tough bullpen appearances from some guys, and that'll get you in total two out of three losses. So let's get right into it. Let's get to game one. Uh, real quick, guys, if you are new to the show, I'm your host, RJ. And you're listening to BD4. Maybe you're watching the video format of the podcast on YouTube. Um, so let's talk about the first game of this set. Which took place Friday night. I was at the game. Domingo Herman versus Kikuchi. Top of the first inning. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Hits the two-run blast and it's 2-0 Toronto. Bottom of the second, Oswaldo Cabrera answers back with a home run. His first of the year. His first ever as a right-hander. 2-1. to one. Top of the sixth, Brandon Belt slugs a home run. It's 4-1 to one, Toronto. That was kind of the backbreaker. Domingo ends up going six. Abreu and Weissert for three. Top of the eighth, Brandon Belt again doubles in a couple of runs. It's 6-1 to one, Toronto. That's your final score. The Yankees lose six one. Um, the the one of the I guess a half positive is that maybe Domingo Herman is slowly getting back on track. You know he has the rosin start last time out where he was so dominant that Baldelli uh, wanted to get him tossed. Um, and in, in in this game he he wasn't as dominant. He wasn't great, but he, I thought he still looked okay, better. Um, six innings, four runs, six strikeouts, two home runs. I know he imploded in the end with the home run ball, but that's always been his kryptonite, command. Um, it's not just about throwing strikes, but it's about throwing the right strikes. And Domingo Herman has an issue of, of leaving his pitches up in the zone sometimes. And for a guy who doesn't throw much harder than 93, it's going to bite you. Uh, but he kept the Yankees in the game. For six innings, and that's really all you can ask from your four and five starters. I also did not mind seeing Herman come back out for the sixth inning. 
Um, I, I thought he pitched well enough to get that sixth. He comes back out. Yes, he walks Chapman. Then he allows a home run, but he was pitching well. So I, I wasn't pissed off. Um, and then Abreu and Weiser entered after, and neither of them looked too great. Abreu, he looked good in the seventh, but then ran into trouble in the eighth. Three hits, an extra base hit in there, a walk. The judge play was tough, going up against the wall. Probably could have made the play, but I'm saying if he made the play, everyone's talking about how nice of a play that was. Um, Whatever. It was a hard hit ball. Um, And then Weiser comes in later, two walks and a hit by pitch. We'll talk about the hit by pitch thing later. Kind of, uh, we'll run through the whole, you know, Toronto trying to be the tough guys. But, it, you know, bad pitching in this one for sure. The pitching wasn't spectacular. Six runs. Um, but, of course, this one was also on the bats, as have most of these losses the Yankees have taken this season been. Poor hitting. Um, I don't care how good he's been to start the season. You can't get a guy like Kikuchi, who's got a name like that and has an ERA of five basically in his majors career so far and has never had a good year under his belt. You can't get a guy like him and then essentially do nothing to him. Six innings, one run, four hits. The Yankees in total in this game, one run, five hits, two walks, one at bat with runners in scoring position. It's bad. It was bad. Um, the only player on base twice in this game was IKF. Uh, everybody else either one hit, one walk, or nothing. Oswaldo Cabrera gave you the trademark Yankees solo home run to keep it close early, but that'd be all. The bats after that really gave you absolutely nothing. After the Yankees fell behind 4-1 to one in the sixth inning, they shut down. They shut down. Bottom of the sixth. Judge, Rizzo, Glaber, go 1-2-3. Bottom of the 7th, LeMahieu, Peraza, Cabrera, go 1-2-3. Bottom of the 8th, Higashioka, IKF, Anthony Volpe, go 1-2-3. And then the bottom of the ninth, you get the Judge single, but Rizzo strikes out, and then Glaber grounds into a double play. That's game. Sinatra sings. We walk out the stadium sad. I'm in a good mood because I'm watching the Knicks, and they're playing very well on my phone. But the Yankees lose. I was watching the Knicks from my phone. Uh, I was like at the stadium watching it. The good thing is the game started at 8.30. So I got to watch most of the Yankees game. And then once the Yankees were already getting blown out, perfect time to look down at my phone and watch the Knicks. And I was watching them the last couple innings in the car ride on the way out to the stadium, out of the stadium. Yeah, and they won. But um, that was game one of the series. last. Uh, that was Friday night. The Knicks took the 6-1 loss. Let's talk about game two. Now this game was low scoring again for the Yankees, but they took the win. The Yankees win this one 3-2. Pitchers duel as it was expected to be. Garrett Cole going up against Alec Manoa. Now I was at work for this game. Um, I, I usually try to record the games and then watch it when I get home, but somehow it always ends up getting spoiled for me. Um, and so I found out they won on a walk-off, but it was scoreless through seven and a half innings. Cole ends up going two outs into the sixth before he's pulled, and then Manoa 
goes seven. In the bottom of the eighth, though, Anthony Volpe off the Toronto bullpen goes deep. Every time I miss a game, Volpe's getting a hit. I haven't missed many games, but I've missed a few of Volpe's at-bats for some reason. Leaving the room, if I'm going out to eat in later innings or something, Volpe's up and he gets it. I always miss Anthony Volpe hits. I've seen, I think I've witnessed twice Anthony Volpe get a hit live. Isn't that a ton, but his other hits, I've, I've, I've missed so many hits of his. And I'm really annoyed by that. 2 nothing after the 8th because of Volpe. Top of the ninth, though, the Blue Jays tie it off Peralta. Uh, Jansen hits a home run. It's 2-2. Two to two. And then the bottom of the ninth comes. DJ is pinch hitting, I think, for the catcher. Might have been Trevino. I don't know who he was pinch hitting for, but I'm fucking guessing. Uh, he pinch hits, gets the base hit. Blue Jays are playing 5-in. Uh, and the Yankees win 3-2. So, the bats sucked. Three hits, uh, three uh, three runs. They couldn't hit Manoa's slider. This is a guy who has sucked all year. He's fat, out of shape like me. Struggling with cardio to beat the pitch clock all year. Uh, and then he comes into Yankee Stadium and he turns it back to 2022. Throws seven shutout. Two hitter. So. The pitching was great. Uh, you know, the bullpen. Cordero closed it. He got two outs in the ninth, did the job. Peralta, he finally got bit. Looked bad. He put three on, gave up the bomb, but whatever. It's going to happen to him. Um, he's been so nails. Clay Holmes. Clay in for the seventh was interesting. Better than having him close, I guess. Uh, but he puts a runner on, then he gets it done. And then Ron Marinaccio pitched in this game. And Ron Marinaccio actually gets my tip of the cap this series. Because I thought he was the best reliever. I mean, he didn't pitch a ton, but he gets my tip of the cap. Um, Yeah, why not, right? <laughs> he pitches an inning, just one walk, and zeros everywhere else. Blanks the uh, Blue Jays. He comes in with traffic on the bases in a tight game, um, relieving Cole. And he helps him out by getting it done. He gets Brandon Belt out, who has been hot. And he finishes his day after an out in the seventh inning. Um, or after, no, he gets the out in the top of the sixth inning. Then he gets a couple more in the seventh. I thought he should have went longer. But, hey, whatever. Um, he's had a good year, man. So that's why I'm giving him the award. He continues to be great. He now has a damn 0.93 ERA. Very quietly dominating on the season. And my case for Ron Marinaccio to be closer still stands. Um, the changeup is a great pitch for him. Complements that four-seam fastball well. Um, you know, changeup going away on lefties and then in on the righty. He's thrown it to 13 batters this season and it's still got zero hits. 39% K rate on the changeup. On the season, he's allowed just two hits in total. He's been fantastic. So, Ron Marinaccio gets the tip of the cap. He gets my tip of the cap to, uh, in this series. He pitched in the middle game, and he looked great. Um, Another guy getting my tip of the cap from this same very game, Garrett Cole. 
Garrett Cole continues to dominate baseball. Five and two-thirds innings in this one. No runs, four hits, couple walks, and hit by pitch, four strikeouts. Wasn't his sharpest, um, but he got it done. Was he pulled a little too early? I don't know. I, I didn't get to watch this game, as I said. Um, he did have a shutout going, but he also had 96 pitches through five and two-thirds following the start where he threw nine innings. So, I didn't hate the move. Or I, I should say, I wouldn't have hated the move. Uh, I would have not loved it, but I wouldn't have hated it and killed Boone for it. Um, but, Garrett Cole, most important stat this year, obviously the wins are the most important stat. He's getting the wins, and he's the Yankees are winning games with him. Uh, but, zero home runs on the season. Still, through five starts, 34 innings, Zero home runs. Knock on wood. I love that he's kept it in the damn park. Especially with four out of Garrett Cole's five starts having been inside Yankee Stadium. Um, You know, I was looking at his numbers. Everything's great. Something interesting, I've noticed, has been the strikeouts are are a little down. Uh, Significantly down, I should say. He only has 36 in 34 innings. Uh, I don't think it's anything crazy. It's also definitely a nitpick to complain about it, but I'm just making an observation. Um, I don't know what that contributes to or attributes to, uh, but what has been really good is the ERA. From 3.5 last year down to what it is this year, it's like 0.79 or some shit. Um say what it is. Yeah, 0.79 ERA this year. Nuts. Nuts. He hasn't allowed a run in his last two starts now. That's 14 and two-thirds innings. Probably more going back to his last three starts. Um, so, yeah, at the end of the day, Garrett Cole is 4-0. The Yankees are 5-0 and when he is uh, on the mound. And remember, as I said a couple episodes back, you got to win. My goal for the Yankees is to try and win 700, uh, play 700 ball on Garrett Cole days, win 70% of his starts. You do that, and I am very happy. So 5-0 and is a good start. And that was the second game of the set. The third game of the set, well, the Yankees lost again. This time they lose five to uh, five to one. Let's get to that. Um, yeah, it, it was Clark Schmidt against Kevin Gosman. No score until the top of the sixth. Volpe makes the error at shortstop. Got to make that routine play. It's going to happen though. And then Guerrero hits the home run. Varsho hits the home run. Kind of. Uh, Clark Schmidt kind of unravels. It's 3-0 Toronto. Top of the 7th, Jansen doubles. 4-0. Top of the ninth, Jansen hits into a force-out. Run scores. 5-0. Bottom of the ninth, Yankees do a little fake rally. Rizzo hits another garbage-time home run. And um, I think DJ picked up a hit, but that was all. 5-1, the Yankees would lose. Um, and the bats were bad again. The Yankees couldn't hit Kevin Galsman's splitter. It's a it's a good pitch. He, he kept it out of the zone all day, and the Yankees kept chasing and whiffing on it. Um, 
But on a positive, it was a, a better outing for Clark Schmidt, right? Um, five and two-thirds innings, three runs, and none of them were earned. Three hits, two home runs, one walk, eight strikeouts. Uh, I don't like how they weren't earned because he did give up two bombs. I feel like two of those runs should be earned. Um, but I feel like maybe Boone left him out there a little too long. You know, after five innings, maybe a call it a day with him. It was obviously his best start of the year by then. I would have said, hey, take this as a win. Right off with this start and build off of it. You know, facing the lineup a second and third time around has always been an issue for Clark Schmidt. So I didn't love that move. Let him go five. You may maybe throw Mike King out there in the sixth and seventh and... Hey, at the end of the day, I get this one too. He was throwing a one-hitter through five innings. No runs were on the board yet for Toronto. So I, I don't, again, I, I don't hate this decision. Um, Still, it was, it was a good improvement for Clark. I don't know that I call this an indicator that he's going to continue to make progress. Um... I think a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. But it was definitely a step in the right direction if you're him. My biggest takeaway is that he scrapped the cutter, basically. Uh, Just a a 10% usage on the cutter in this game. Went mainly two-seam slider, and it seemed to pay off. You know, that slider in the first inning to, to get Bo Bichette was fucking filthy. Going low and away. And Bichette with a sword swing. Um, And of course, one of the few times he did use the cutter, it was against Jansen in the sixth inning. And he left uh, it left the park. So, um, and I think maybe the fact that Toronto is a very right-handed heavy lineup that may have helped Clark Schmidt out a little bit. Because we know lefties crush him. We've seen it. We've talked about it. On the year, they've got a 228 whip. Uh, he's got a 228 whip against the lefties. Four home runs, four walks, 11 Ks, eight and a third innings. But against righties, he's gotten the job done. 1.03 whip, two home runs, two walks, 13 Ks, and 11 and two thirds innings. So, big difference. Big difference. Big, big difference. Um, and to me, it's it's all the more reason to send him to the bullpen where he could be a weapon. Once everybody's healthy, uh, but obviously right now you can't. Right now you can't do that. Um, so before we get to the bad, uh, th- there was a good from this, and the good was DJ LeMahieu. Uh, out of this series, he was good enough to get my tip of the cap. So why not give this one to DJ? DJ LeMahieu gets my tip of the cap. If I can find the graphic here. Um. Yeah. Four hits and eight at-bats this series. He was three for four today. One for one with the pinch hit walk-off yesterday. A double, an RBI. I love that DJ's power is back this season. It was something that was zapped the last two years. But this year, he's looked solid. He's already had... He's got six doubles on the year. Six doubles, a triple, two home runs, eight RBIs, and a 500 slugging. 
So, and how about the fact that he's not just bringing power, but he's starting to come through in those situation situational moments again. Runners in scoring position, DJ is back. Risp DJ is back. Hitting 375 so far through 16 at-bats in scoring position. Small, small sample, but a good start. Um, and overall, he's got the batting average up to 281, which is literally all I need this year. Hover around there and we are okay. Um, so I'm happy that DJ seems to be taking the ball the other way, lining it to the gaps, and and again, bringing some power again. That's that's a really, really big positive. Um, let me take a sip of water here. Whoops. <clears throat> oh, huh. goddamn. What else do we got to talk about? Oh, fucking. I mean, outside of DJ, <laughs> there's not much positive to talk about. You know, DJ has been good. Uh, Anthony Rizzo has obviously been the Yankees' most consistent and most productive bat this year. But outside them two, the Yankee lineup of late has been pretty bad. Uh, so let's get into the numbers here. Because I have, I, I, you know, I have been paying attention to what the Yankee lineup has been doing this season. And it's, it's not a good thing. Um, in the series, they batted just 194. Just 200 in scoring position. Only had 18 hits, 6 extra base hits. Only scored 5 runs. 5 runs. This entire series is awful. Awful. 5 runs for a game anymore isn't even that great. 3 games. 5 runs. That's terrible. Um, And on the year, the Yankees are down to 20th in runs scored. 20th in offense. That's 28 runs from the top five. They're down to 25th in batting average at 227. That is 36 points below the top five. They aren't walking like they usually do. They're 21st in OBP. That's 32 on base points from the top five. They're hitting a very feeble 244 with runners in scoring position. That's 18th and 55 batting points from being the top five. They're fourth in home runs, but of course they are because that's the only area they care about being elite in. They see nothing wrong with it, and that is why they will probably never win a title again with this roster and with this regime. Um, guys are struggling. Judge has been horrific of late. He's down to 244 in the season. He's not really gotten hot yet either yet. Um, that made no sense. <clears throat> I'm not worried about Judge. Uh, I will say, in a time where the Yankees need life from their bats, he needs to be the guy as the moneymaker now on this team. He needs to be the guy to wake up and start hitting the baseball again. Um, Glaber maybe showed a little life this series, but he's kind of been back to his old self now too the last couple of weeks. Oswaldo finally showed some pop with his first home run. Also had a double this series, but even him not hitting the ball consistently enough. Doesn't have a good slash on the year. Uh, the entire bottom half of the lineup is is really bad. And that can't be a thing. Combine that with, with the bench. And it's ugly. Like the bench, like I said a few episodes ago, it has no identity. The bench's identity is that it's useless. Like 
they literally, they're useless. They don't play anymore. Franchi Cordero had his runs for a couple games. He had his run. But he isn't good. And he doesn't play. Aaron Hicks has been eliminated from playing with IKF finding a nice niche for himself in center field. Calhoun is about as useless as a fucking potato. <laughs> I mean, the Yankees went dumpster diving a couple of days ago and they picked up Cole Calhoun off the waiver wire. <laughs> I mean, if they want to be taken serious, they need to pick up some thump and honestly might have to bite the bullet and, and have to reopen those negotiations with Pittsburgh if you want that Brian Reynolds deal, which they should. Um... But it's like, yeah, the, you had the moment to. You had you had a, an opportunity there to go after Reynolds. You didn't do nothing. I mean, they should have known this. With the amount of injuries that happen to them every year, they should have known we should probably bolster our bench. Because right now, this is not an offense that's sustainable. The pitching, despite its concerns, has been good so far. The Yankees are number two in ERA. Bullpens first, starters are sixth. But how long can you expect to get by like this? Three rookies in the lineup. All of them are struggling. Giancarlo Stanton is out. IKF is now an everyday player again. Uh, and when he, you know, everybody's talking about Bader, Bader, Bader. Bader's not going to save you. You know, he's an outfielder known for his glove. If he gives you offense, it's a plus. It's a bonus. So if the bats stay quiet, stay cold, you can't expect to keep winning behind just, you know, two-fifths of the rotation healthy. Schmidt, Herman, Brito, that's not going to keep getting you by forever. I mean, it's barely done that already. You know, yeah, again, we've won series, but the Yankees are barely, you know, they're an adequate 13-9, and six back of Tampa. And the bad thing here is... is these guys are here to stay right now. These pitchers. Like, Sevy and Rodon, from what it sounds like, they're going to be out at least another month. And you don't have pitching depth in the minors because you gave that away for Montes, who, by the way, is also out. <laughs> Probably never pitch again as a Yankee. You don't really have anything. I mean, do you take a chance with Clayton Beater? Is that it? Davey Garcia is, is in the bullpen now. Um, What do you do? Do you take a flyer on Madison Bumgarner? Is that something you'd be interested in? I I, I know a lot of Yankees fans are no, a hard no on that. <clears throat> um, I would. I don't think it would hurt. See if you can get Matt Blake to do his magic. You know, a Matt Blake reclamation project has happened before Nestor Cortez was terrible before coming to the Yankees. I'm not saying he's going to be that, but I know the analytics aren't good on him. Terrible, in fact. You know, like the velocity, K rate, the barrel percentage, all that shit is awful when it comes to Baumgartner. And the traditionals don't look good since he left San Francisco either. Like the ERA is back. I get it. There's nothing to suggest he still has an upside, but Arizona ate the contract and they DFA'd the guy. So it's not something that would hurt the Yankees if they got him on a team-friendly deal. If it doesn't pan out, if he gets blown, if he goes out there in the first inning he throws, he gives up three home runs, all right, you can cut him right there on the spot. Like, it's not something that you, you really can get hurt by. 
doesn't work, you scrap it. Veteran lefty, World Series hero. Fuck it. Why not? Try it out. I don't know. Do you really trust Clark Schmidt, Herman, and Brito to keep doing... To, to I don't even want to say keep doing what they've been doing because none of them have been spectacular. Schmidt's been horrendous. Brito's been all right. Herman has maybe turned a corner. But that's a lot of ifs. Do you want to keep riding with ifs for, for another month? I don't know. Anyways, the Yankees lose the series. Toronto is now third place since they took the series. Um, you know, Yankees and, and uh, Jays fans have been starting to go at it on, um, I guess, on social media because the Jays, you know, trying a bit hard to be these new villains. The whole tough guy act with Guerrero and, and all his comments of late and his antics on the field, the hit-by-pitch thing on Friday and the taunting after he hits a home run. You got Manoa's comments on Cole. These guys can't stop talking about the Yankees. You know, Manoa's taking his time coming out the dugout. Um, that was interesting. I think it's great, man. I love it. I think it's great to spice up this little division rivalry. Um I think it's nice that Toronto has something fun going for them. You know, at the end of the day, they never end up doing anything in the postseason anyway. So I think it's great for their fans to have their fun and feel good about themselves. I think that's always a positive. Because um, let's be honest, no nobody's angry about it. Nobody, Nobody's mad. It, it's, it's fucking Canada. Who's afraid of Canada? What do they got, snow and syrup over there? Like, like, I don't know, man. A lot of Yankees fans getting triggered by Blue Jays fans. I don't care. Let them have a moment. Usually it comes back to bite them. Maybe, you know, on a Tuesday in September in their house. 24 hours after they think they took the division. Maybe something happens. PTSD. Um, no, I, it's it's fun. It adds to it. I'm all for it. Um, yeah, who's your daddy? Let's go, Yankees. Uh, they lose another series, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Not looking great, but... I just don't think they're that good, man. You know my shit. You know my take on this whole team. I, I think they're good enough to get by in the regular season, and at the end of the day, they're not going to be good enough to make a deep postseason run. Um, so that's my short answer here. Um, so let's get to our break, get back, wrap it up with our trivia, and that'll be that. Stay with us. Be right back. Hey guys, so if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4, you can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod, and you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to bd4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to bd4blog.com.
Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. All right, welcome back to the show, episode 513 of the podcast. I'm your host, RJ. The Yanks dropped two out of three to the Tough Guy Jays. Let's wrap this up with our trivia question of the day, and then um, that'll be that from there. Let's get to it. All right, so... For this episode, episode 513 of the podcast, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day is, true or false, Joe DiMaggio once had a hitting streak longer than 56 games in the minors. True or false, Joe DiMaggio once had a hitting streak longer than 56 games in the minors. Is that true or false? All right, so one final time. One final time. True or false? Joe DiMaggio once had a hitting streak longer than 56 games in the minors. So let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. Fellas, that's it. Episode 513 is in the books. I appreciate you stopping by. The Yankees lose two out of three. Fall to a mediocre 13-9 and nine on the year. After that, we've got a three-game set. I believe it's a three-game set coming up in Minnesota. It's the start of a, I want to say, a seven-game road stand, maybe more. Got to check the schedule. But they're in Minnesota for three, and that starts tomorrow night at seven. So I'm excited for it. Let's go. Those are always fun. Um, And that's that. Thank you. I'll see you in 514. We'll be talking Knicks most likely. And that's that. All right. Later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.